there's anything I can tell you, it's that the best place to hide is in your mind. Welcome back to Between Lewis and Lovecraft Correspondence. In this episode, I got to talk with bookstagrammer and romance novel enthusiast Rachel Parker back in January. I'm telling you right now, you will not believe how many books she read last year. We talk about that and the many facets of romance novels, as well as the types of stories that Rachel straight up refuses to read. It seems like you're kind of a recent convert to the romance genre, right? Yeah, so I started reading romance probably midway through 2018. So fairly recent when you think about it. I mean, romance has been around forever. And prior to that, I pretty much strictly read thrillers. Okay, that's interesting. Do you know yeah. like what kind of inspired the change? Yeah, so I was, I was going through my Goodreads, like trying to kind of figure out like what, what happened. And I joined Spivey's book club. So Ashley Spivey has a book club on Facebook. And it's a group with thousands of readers in it. And people would talk about like Colleen Hoover and Taylor Jenkins Reid. And I was only reading thrillers and I had recently moved. So we moved from Columbus, Ohio to a small town in Northwest Ohio. And I started going to the library more because I lived right by it. And I started picking up these books by, you know, Colleen Hoover, Taylor Jenkins Reid, Jasmine Guillory, and they were all recommended on Spivey's book club. And I realized like, wow, I really like these. They're a lot different than thrillers and I started using Goodreads and Goodreads would say, if you like this book, maybe you'll like this book. And it just kind of took off from there. You're like, oh, yes, Goodreads. I do like this book too. Thank you. Yeah. And I think for me, like thrillers, they always kind of like freaked me out and they didn't really get me out of my head at all because I'm like, wow, I'm going to go outside and be murdered. And that's just, (laughs) that's just how my brain works. But with romance, it it kind of, it's more of an escape than other genres for me, at least. Awesome. So Ashley Spivey, she was a Bachelor contestant, right? Yes. Yeah. She was on Brad Womack's season. What's the deal with her book club? Like, was she known? I I didn't see that season, but was she known for like being into books? I, I didn't watch that season, but I don't think so. She's really gotten more of a social media presence, obviously, since her season, They didn't really even have social media when she was on, but she's kind of grown her presence. She, you know, she interacts with people a lot, isn't afraid to speak her mind, that kind of thing. So I think that's endearing. And then she started her book club and it's gotten quite a few more followers than I think it started in 2018, actually. So 2018 you get into romance novels. Is that around the same time you created your Instagram account? I created my Instagram account in January of 2019. So pretty soon after. And what was kind of the goal with that? So for me, it was more to like meet other people who really like to read. No one, like none of my friends really read much or my family. So I didn't really have anyone to talk books to. And it's a huge part of my life. So I wanted to, you know, find people who like books as much as I do and maybe get some recommendations, find new authors, that kind of thing. Did it, because you have a ton of followers now, like more than 3,000. Did it take off right away? No, it didn't actually. I, I was looking at it and I think I had 500 followers in October of 2019. 
And then it just kind of blew up in 2020. And I think a part of that is more people getting on Bookstagram. And then also I've found more romance lovers. So my account's different. And then a lot of people on Bookstagram, they're reading kind of the same books, right? The same really popular book of the month books, that kind of thing. And I read more authors that people maybe haven't heard of. I read a ton of indie authors. So I think that it's kind of a niche, I guess. But have you found like um, through your, your bookstagram that um, there are more people out there like you who are reading some of those indie authors? Yes, definitely. I've met a ton of people on bookstagram that are reading more of the indie authors so for indie romance a lot of them you know they don't have big publishers behind them they don't have the berkeleys or the saint martin's press behind them doing the promo work for them so they hire different pr companies that specialize in romance promotion so i i've got involved with those and there are a ton of other bloggers and bookstagrammers that are also involved with those promo companies that I've had the chance to get to know yeah how do you get involved with them like do you like research them and reach out to them or do they have like um, social media ads that you find so the way I found them is I started reading Melissa Foster's books she has at least 70 different books and they're all kind of in the same series interconnected. So I started reading her books from my public library's e-library and I was like, I need this next book. And I was following her on Instagram and she had a link in her bio for sign up for promo. I was like, huh, what's this? And she was using wildfire marketing solutions at the time. And they have Facebook and Instagram and then they also have a website where they have open signups for promotion for the authors they support so I signed up and I found a lot of new authors that way and then once I realized that these promo companies were a thing I started looking on Instagram and found some of the other companies as well so is it like um authors are self-publishing but then like hiring the companies to promote them sort of yes Okay. Yeah, so they independently publish their books and then they hire these companies to help promote them, get those early reviews that typically, you know, if you're on NetGalley, traditional publishers put their books there and they get those early reviews. So it's the same kind of thing with these promo companies. The authors work with them, bloggers sign up, and then you get an advanced copy of the book in exchange for an honest review on your platform, Goodreads wherever you review. Oh, okay. So I see on your account, you get a lot of ARCs, it seems like. Are those almost exclusively from indie authors or do you get some from the traditional publishers as well? I do get some from the traditional publishers as well. I have, I think I've reviewed almost 400 books on NetGalley. So I I do get, I get some advanced copies there. And then um, Forever Publishing has program where they send finished copies to reviewers as well so I do work with some traditional publishing houses but mostly I do read indie authors cool um I mean like what's the secret to reviewing a book like had you ever done that before you signed up to do it so I started with NetGalley 
I had heard about it on Spivey's book club Facebook group and signed up and they have, you know, every genre on there. So when you get selected for a book, you say that you'll review it. So that's when I started reviewing books. I always kind of did the star rating on Goodreads, you know, but I never really wrote reviews, but I found I really enjoy it. I like actually reflecting on the book instead of, you know, reading it, I'm done on to the next one. When you're reviewing it, are you like taking notes as you're reading it or do you just wait until the end and kind of like look back on what stood out to you the most? I typically wait till the end and think about what stood out the most. If it's a book I'm not really liking, I will take notes, but otherwise I'm usually too engrossed to stop and take notes. So taking notes is a bad sign. Yes, for me at least. I think I I would agree with that actually, because like on our, our regular podcast episodes, when we're doing like reading books by authors so that we can tie it into the biography, I take a lot of notes, but in my normal reading, like if I like the book, I'm just going to keep turning pages until I get to the end and then be like, whoa, that was so good. Right. Exactly. That's exactly how I am. Um, Do they give you any sort of like like outline for how they want reviews to be or is it pretty much like you just sign up get a book and and say what you thought about it so their only request is that they each have kind of a star guideline where if you're going to rank it under a certain amount of stars wait to post your review on retail sites until after release week which I understand because You don't want to hurt their sales completely when you received a free copy of the book. Uh, That that rarely happens with me. I think I I can count on one hand where I'm like, I did not like this book at all. And my review will not be kind. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. So otherwise, yeah, they it's whatever you want to do with it, which is nice. You get that freedom to kind of do your style and not have to worry about a certain outline to follow. Cool. So, I mean, why is it so important to you then to read indie authors? Like, do you like their books better or is it more of like a choice that you make? Like, I want to support people who are out there like doing this on their own dime. So for me, I found that I actually typically like the books more. So for romance, everyone has their own steam level comfort, right? So typically traditionally published books are a lot less steamy than indie published books. And I, I'm sure there's a reason for that, but I, I don't read like erotica or anything like that. These are still contemporary romance books, but their sex scenes are like more realistic. They're not closed door romances. So a lot of the traditionally published books are more closed door, you know, cut to black, you know, you know, they're doing their thing, but it's, it's not on the paper, which is fine. There's a ton of people who like that. That's not what I prefer to read. And I found the indie books are more my steam level comfort area. Okay. So I guess then would like, Fifty Shades of Grey be considered erotica, not romance then? I I think it's erotic romance that I haven't read the books. I watched the movies, but they're not really my style. I know that that's really what got a ton of people into reading romance. But yeah, I, that's more on the erotic end for me. Okay. Maybe that's why um, 
you know, bookstagram and romance novels really took off around that time was with the the movies coming out. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Full disclosure, I haven't read it and I only saw like 10 minutes of the the movie because it was, yeah. I had like the free like stars channel or something on cable and I was flipping through. Um, but yeah, I, I know that's the, the big one, obviously. Yeah. Do you um consider other, like, have you read the After series by Anna Todd? I haven't. So I know it's really popular, but I think there's some things in there that I personally wouldn't like. So I just avoided reading it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that hard for you? Like being on bookstagram and avoiding like the really big like books in your genre? Or is it like uh, there's so many other options, like it's not really a big deal? So there's definitely some FOMO with those like super popular books. And there are times where I like have ended up reading one of them and have been like, Rachel, why did you do this? You knew you were not going to like it. So yeah, that it definitely is hard sometimes, especially when I see people that I engage with reading these books. But at the end of the day, I tried to, I don't want to dislike the books I read. So if, if there's something in it that I know is not my, my speed, I don't read it. So what's great about romance is there's so many different subgenres, right? And there's something for everyone. But what comes with that is, you know, there's some subgenres and tropes that I absolutely will not read. But that might be a favorite trope of someone else. Gotcha. What are some of like the common tropes in romance? So some of the more common ones are definitely like enemies to lovers, friends to lovers. There's like office romance, billionaire romance, secret baby romance, surprise (laughs) pregnancy romance, sports romance. Right. So, so my favorites are usually enemies to lovers, friends to lovers, and then sports romance. Some of the tropes. That seems very yes, <laughs> it is. So there, and, but there's a ton of it. So I really like hockey romance. They're really there's a lot of books. So are they like it, primarily Canadian authors? I, yes, I think so. They really are. But those are some of my favorite books. I'm a huge sports fan, but I don't actually follow hockey. So I think that might be why I like them so much because. Maybe if there's something not completely accurate, I won't know because I don't know hockey. But so, yeah, there's a ton of different tropes. Some of my least favorite are, you know, like surprise pregnancy or surprise baby romances. Those aren't my favorite. But I have friends that those are their favorite types of books where you know, the couple isn't really together and then there's an accidental pregnancy or there's a baby dropped off on the guy's doorstep. Those aren't my favorite. I'm with you. I don't think that would be like my ideal romance because that's very not romantic to me at all. Same. I, I don't like when babies are like used as a plot device personally, but as some people like them, there's a lot of them. So a lot of people like them. But I think that's what's so great about it is there's so many different options and there's something for everyone. Right. And uh, there's so many romance novels published every year, too. I remember 
Um, one of my favorite authors when I was a kid uh, was Meg Cabot, who wrote The Princess Diaries. Yes. And I would always like read her blog and stuff. And she had lots of writing tips. And I remember seeing that like the first like book she published in the 90s or something was a historical romance uh, that she did like under a pseudonym or something. So her grandma wouldn't find out she was writing naughty stuff. Um, but then I was like, I, I was looking more into it. And romance is like the easiest quote unquote genre to get published in. Yes, I believe it. It's, there's just like so many and do you see that in like what you read like how many different publishing houses there are and stuff for romance novels like as opposed to I feel like contemporary fiction there's kind of like the few big ones that are all based in New York City and it's like Simon and Schuster or like uh, yep. Flatiron and those those big ones but romance it's like there's so many I completely agree with that I think a lot of it is there it's very popular in ebook form so a lot of the books I would read weren't even really available in print. They're just really? ebooks. Yeah. So one of the first series I read was by Lauren Lane and she's been published with Gallery and published with Montlake through Amazon. But this was with Love Swept, which is an imprint. I'm not, I'm not sure who it's under, but it's an ebook only imprint. Whoa. So I think that's part of it and then it's a lot of authors are independently publishing their books and they're on kindle unlimited and that makes it a little easier too i think so it's more common to independently publish a romance book versus contemporary fiction or a thriller yeah and i guess ebook um makes a lot of sense if you're independent independently publishing because it takes a lot of the cost out of that yes exactly okay um and I mean obviously they're publishing all of these like so many books because there's so much demand for it um I saw your New Year's Eve Instagram post and I have to ask you just to make sure it's not a typo but how many books did you read in 2020? I ended up reading 502 in 2020. Yes so it's a ton of books I was also on maternity leave and So I was on maternity leave for nine weeks and babies sleep all the time, but they don't sleep in long spurts. So I swear I never slept and I was always reading when she was sleeping because she would never sleep for very long. So I did. Yes, I read 502 books. One thing about romance novels that I've noticed is they're typically a little bit shorter than if you were to if you're going to read contemporary fiction or historical fiction or anything like that they are typically a little shorter okay and obviously like a little bit easier to read too like it's a very fast like plot driven story as opposed to you know you're hitting paragraphs or like um chapter breaks and being like okay I can totally take a break here it's not gonna haunt me yeah that's so true and a lot of it is a lot of the books I read are dual first person point of view so what one chapter will be the male main character then the next is the female and it's all in first person so I think that makes it a lot easier to read too it's really quick there's a lot of dialogue so they're really fast reads even the longer books are pretty fast reads okay yeah I've noticed that too like um I know you haven't read it but with after I'm like this is like a 600 page book but I'm like a third of the way through right now right um I mean 
that just seems so insane. Like I probably read around 50 books a year. 502 is like multiple books a day. Is Was that like significantly more than you would normally read in the past or? So I actually read more in 2019. but not by a lot I think I read 509 in 2019 oh my god so I'm also I'm a very quick reader too so that helps and what's one thing I've told people is I read you know whenever I have a break I have the kindle app on my phone I'll read while I'm eating lunch or while I'm eating breakfast when I'm getting ready If I'm waiting at a doctor's office, I have my Kindle app. So it makes it a lot easier to do that when you have it on your phone. It's different. Like you can't just whip out a paperback everywhere you go, but you always have your phone. Do you listen to audiobooks at all? I don't. I need, I've been meaning to try it. I, I've tried a couple thrillers, but I I didn't enjoy it. It was a little too slow for me, but I've heard great things about them, so I want yeah. to get into them. I have really liked them, mostly for, like, I, I guess I'm not commuting now because of coronavirus right. and everything, but when I was, like, they were really nice to be able to listen to, like, an hour of an audiobook each way to and from work. Like, that was really cool, but I think, um, I don't know if I would necessarily like them for romance novels, because I remember listening to, like, one of the Game of Thrones books on audiobook, and, like, they've got some pretty steamy scenes, and just, like, hearing the, like old man voice narrating it was super gross like oh this is uncomfortable yeah there's a few narrators for romance novels that I've heard really good things about so I want to try some of their books and a lot of the ones that are dual point of view they do have a male narrator and a female narrator oh so that's good because otherwise it would be kind of weird I think yeah I I'm so torn on that because I've listened to some audiobooks where they have like multiple voice actors and stuff, which is really cool. But also sometimes it can be a little bit distracting because I'm like, oh, now here's a new voice. And like, oh, what do I think of this like person's accent or something? Whereas if it's just right. like the same person, you get kind of used to it, like like them or not. Because there have been audiobooks where like I started out and I'm like, oh, this person's voice is like not doing it for me. And then halfway through, I, I don't even notice anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll have to try it out and see how I like it. I think yeah. maybe with the romance books, it would be easier with the two narrators because it kind of distinguishes the chapters. Yeah, for sure. But um, I'm not really sure. Uh, so with like reading so many indie authors, is it fair to assume that you're mostly reading new releases? Yeah, I would say probably 90% of what I read is new releases okay have you like are there any classic romance novels I guess ones that like everybody reads that are you know 10 or more years old um I would say like the the biggest ones are Jane Austen right so Pride and Prejudice is a huge one that has recently made a comeback with like people reading it and talking about it and making comparisons. And then I know there's a lot of historical romances that have kind of transcended, like everyone read. They're very common, you know, especially with like Bridgerton coming out. I know the first book in that, in the Bridgerton series came out in like 95, I think. Wow. So a lot of people have read that. I can't really think of any that are 
like more than 10 years old that are very common. I know a lot of the people I've talked to, one of the more common books they've read is Pucked by Helena Hunting. It's the first in a series. It's a hockey romance. But I think that that came out in maybe 2015. What do you think the reason is that like romance novels don't seem to like not necessarily hold up over time, but why don't you think more people are reading romance novels that came out like in the 80s or something? I think it's because so many new ones come out. I think that's the biggest thing, at least for me, is, you know, you want to read the new releases from your favorite authors. And then once you read those, you don't really have time to go back and, you know, read something from your backlist. I I try to read a couple from my backlist every month, but most of those, you know, my backlist came out in 2020 right? It's not like, or 2019. I don't have a ton of books that are on my TBR that are from years ago. Do you Unless think- it's maybe from one of my favorite authors and I just haven't read it. Oh yeah. If you like find someone new and you're like, oh my gosh, they have 20 other yes. books. Like, I'm going to go read all of those. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Do you think it's like to the detriment of the genre at all though, that there's not those like there's not as many classics that everybody reads and everybody's like, okay, like this really shaped storytelling or is it just like you guys can bond over reading the newest stuff? So I think it's kind of both. So I do think if there were more like super popular ones, maybe it would bring more people to the genre. But I also think that it's great that everyone is okay with that there's so many new releases people are willing to try new authors I think that really helps them is that you know we're always looking for the newest book and a lot of us are willing to try brand new authors who have never published a book before so I think it also gets more people into into writing in the genre do you do any writing in the genre? I don't. I wish I could. I'm just not super creative. So I'm just going to leave that to all of everyone else. That's totally fair. <laughs> I always feel though that like so many avid readers are also writers. So I think it's unique in a way I that know, you're not. I kind of think that too. I have talked to a lot of people who are interested in writing their own book and I am just, I'm not creative. I work in finance during the day and then I, I read romance after work, but yeah, I'm just not creative. I think my bookstagram is the most creative part of me. <laughs> well, it is really creative too. Like your pictures are awesome and you can definitely tell because I tried to go back to the beginning-ish. And you can tell like how much better you've gotten at like arranging things and I don't know, like it just looks very nicely like laid out and everything kind of has a similar theme if like they're not the same photo obviously but they all like match very well which is something I struggle with every time I take a picture of a book I'm like oh this looks so terrible next to the picture that I took before like why is my grid not so pretty yeah no I've definitely improved a lot since I started but yeah, it's been fun. So can you tell me a little bit more about like what the bookstagram community is like for you? Like, do you interact with your followers a lot? Do you get book ideas from them and suggestions? Yeah, so I interact quite a bit with the people I follow and with anyone who comments on my photos. I've gotten a ton of recommendations from bookstagram. There are certain hashtags I'll follow. 
So like romance Instagram or romance readers of Instagram, I'll go to those hashtags and I'll see new authors that I had no idea. So one of the people I talked to quite a bit, she had mentioned that someone else recommended an author to her, Jessica Prince. And she's like, now I have 35 books to read because Jessica Prince has 35 books. So I was like, oh, I usually like the books she recommends. So I'm going to check Jessica Prince out. And now I've read 14 of her books. Oh my gosh. So got 21 to go. Right. So, and she's on Kindle Unlimited, which makes it super easy to read. But. Is there much interaction with the authors? Like they're indie authors. So are they more approachable? I definitely think so. So I know there's a lot of talk about you know should you tag an author in a in a review or like I know forever publishing has said unless it's an absolutely glowing review don't tag the author and some authors don't like to be tagged at all and I found that that's not really the case with indie authors so if it's a good review like I would never I don't tag anyone in a bad review no reviews are for <laughs> that just seems so yeah exactly <laughs> reviews are more for readers than for the authors but if it's a nice review I think most of the indie authors would love to see it so typically I do tag the authors and they'll comment or you know they're really responsive in dms too and they'll you know thank you for reading or talk to more there's a couple authors that I dm with semi-frequently I read their books and then we just, I don't know, we just interact and it's, it makes you want to read their books even more, you know? Yeah, that's really cool. I remember I read a lot of young adult fiction when I was in high school and stuff. Um, and that was like before Instagram, I'm probably dating myself there, but um, I, I remember like one author, I finished her book and like, there was, it was a mystery, like a murder mystery type thing. And then at the end, I was like, oh my gosh, I still have this. Like, I need to know who killed the main character's cat. So I just like emailed the author out of the blue and she emailed me back like this long explanation of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing. So it makes you feel like really good about the authors that you talk to. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. And even if it's just, you know, they comment like a heart or something like that, it it's really cool to interact with the author of a book you loved. Yeah. And I feel like especially indie authors, like they're never going to be upset that somebody tagged them in a glowing review of their book. Like, and if they are, then they're kind of a jerk. I completely agree because at the end of the day, it it's free publicity, right? Like I'm telling my followers like, Hey, you need to read this book. I absolutely loved it. So it's nice when, you know, they thank you for reading it and thank you for sharing it. And some they'll share the reviews in their stories and that kind of thing. So I think they, they enjoy it too. Nice. And that's kind of like a positive feedback loop for the reader too. They're like, oh my gosh, you like my review and you shared it on your page and everybody feels warm and fuzzy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I don't know if this is like a new trend, but it's something I've been noticing um, across different genres, but particularly like um, with romance is the like book bingo things or whatever. Like I think the one on your page is like year of smut or something where you're supposed oh, to fill yeah. out like the different types of books you read. Um, one of my favorite local bookstores is doing like a bookopoly, like it's a monopoly board and you like fill out squares for different like categories of books. Is, is that new? Is that like social media driven? 
Yeah, I definitely think it's social media driven and it's new. So there were a couple different challenges I saw in 2020 on Instagram, but Rate the Romance, who created the Year of Smut one, this is newer for her, for sure. And it's fun because it gets you to read books maybe you wouldn't have read before. So some of the options on hers are, you know, an author from your state or a book with a purple cover, a book set in New York City, a book set out of the country, like um, books by a like person of color, that kind of thing. It makes you kind of read intentionally rather than, I don't know, I just kind of pick a book. I sign up for all kinds of promotions and stuff and I, I just read those, but it definitely makes you think about what you're reading and kind of have a different goal rather than I want to read X amount of books. Right. Yeah. I, for like probably 10 years or so, I've kept a list of like every book I read every year. Um, and like, I would notice that I was reading, I mean, in high school and like college, primarily YA fiction, which was largely written by women. So I'd have like 45 books a year that I read by women and then five by men. And I'd be like, I kind of need to like diversify a little bit here right. and like read more nonfiction and I tried to read more poetry one year because I never read poetry. Um, But yeah, just like being more conscious of that, even in like the same genre, like romance being like, okay, there's there's a lot of different things in romance that you can read. Right. And I do think one of the squares is a book by a man. So there are male romance writers. Yeah, they are. It's not common, but it's, they are there. And there's, I have read a lot of books by Jacob Chance. He's a male romance writer. So I'll probably read another one of his. He has a new one coming out that I signed up to promote. I'm super excited for it. But yeah, it makes you think because that's not something that you would really pay attention to, right? You just kind of pick up the romance book you want to read. And a lot of times you're just going to assume the romance books are written by women. And there are some by men. So I think that's good too to read those um is I mean is Nicholas Sparks considered a romance novelist or is he separate is would he be contemporary fiction I think he would he's not romance I think he would probably be considered contemporary fiction what's like the the line for like romance and like romantic fiction (laughs) that's a good question I I'm not sure where I would draw the line other than it has to have like a happily ever after or an HEA oh so if it doesn't have that I have a hard time considering it romance because that's why I read it right like you know at the end of the day the two characters are going to end up together you don't know how they're going to get there you don't know what the conflict's going to be but you know that as they're ripping your heart out they're going to end up together you have like that it's it's a safe read sort of (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, you know that it's going to end up okay. <laughs> Whereas Nicholas Sparks, I guess, could definitely kill off the love interest in your book. and then Yes, exactly. Shattered. Exactly. Do they so have to true. have sexy book covers to be a romance? <laughs> I don't think so, but I think most do to some extent, right? It's kind of like your steam level. Like, some books, you know, you've got the shirtless man on the cover. And then other books, you know, it's a couple. And I think those are sexy too, right? Like you have a couple like embracing on the cover, but yeah, that's funny. 
a lot of them have also been like cartoon covers lately really yeah that was like a big trend and at the beginning of 2020 and in 2019 is more like cartoonish covers so those weren't those weren't really sexy to me but that's funny how like um cover styles are like on a trend as well I was talking about this with um one of my friends who works at a bookstore um and she was like sometimes I'll have customers come in and they're like I don't remember what the book is called but it featured like a woman on the cover walking away into the distance or something and she's like well one certain year every single book cover was designed that way right and yeah that's so true in romance novels like it was like one author started using I noticed that she was doing like the cartoonish covers and then it was like every book it seemed like that came out those next few months had a cartoon cover which I like them fine but like I they're not my preference but yeah it's funny how that works are there any other like um trends that you notice in the genre so not necessarily like trends but I noticed like recently for example a lot of the books have like one of the main characters at the start of the book is like with someone else so they're like you know they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and there's like no cheating and it's not necessarily a love triangle but they are dating someone else for like the first 30 percent of the book and I'm like okay what's going on here like when are they going to break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend and then like get with the main character? What's going on? <laughs> but I've noticed a, a lot of books like have been doing that lately. And I'm not, I'm not sure why I never noticed it before. It wasn't super common, but that has been a very like kind of odd trend that I'm, I'm not sure what started it, but Weird. it's been in a lot. Of, it's been in a lot of books lately. I was talking to one of my friends about that and we're like, what's going on here because this is it was not common right yeah that seems like I don't know how many books I've read that start out that way that don't like involve cheating like is cheating verboten in the genre or is it author by author it's kind of author by author I do not read books with cheating I I won't do it I like I think for me Like, I couldn't get over that in my personal life, so I'm not going to, like, read characters that, like, because you want to relate somewhat to them, right? Yeah, you want them to be likable. Yeah, so that's just, like, a hard no for me. I won't read those, but some people like that. They like that the person who cheated has to grovel and, like, improve their character to come back to the person they cheated on. So it's definitely not forbidden at all, but... That's what I mean. There's something for everyone. Like there's bully romances. That's a that's a subgenre. I do not read those, but it's very popular. That's really interesting. I think I'm like you in that I don't like books where all of the characters are unlikable or if I do, they have to be unlikable in a really unique way. It can't be like, oh, here's another like trope of the cheating boyfriend or the super mean, like borderline abusive love interest who has no redeeming qualities. I'm like, I'm so sick of those. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I don't read those because I just, I have a hard time with it. It's one thing if a guy's kind of like, he's kind of a jerk but it's because he's kind of broken, that kind of thing. And then he redeems himself. I, I can do that. That's perfectly fine. I think that's realistic. But yeah, the cheating or the, 
like being borderline abusive or straight up abusive yeah. <laughs> I can't get behind like why would anybody like this person and like why am I expected to as a reader I'm like this isn't yeah <laughs> and I've noticed that bully romances have there's been a lot more of them lately so really? it must be a popular subgenre but that's so interesting I wonder I don't, I feel like there should be like, should be like psychologists or someone who like studies the trends in these and be, and it's like, what was going on with society at this moment that like this plot device was very popular in literature. Like, yeah, I completely agree. There's gotta be some sort of like reason for things becoming popular at certain times. Yeah. I, for some of that, I know it's like a book kind of blows up and then more books in that subgenre or trope come about to kind of riding the wave which that makes sense yeah I'm not sure about the bully romances <laughs> we'll have to leave that one up to the the like psychological experts to figure <laughs> yes. out so true like um so I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of the genre too because I thought that was so interesting um I was just like reading about the Harlequin Enterprises um, which started in Canada, which was surprising to me. But also, like, I thought it was so interesting that the guy who, like, became the, the head of the company, his wife was super into romances, and that's why they started selling, like, publishing them, because she liked them. Um, but, like, they had pretty strict, like, moral codes for them originally, right? Right. Yeah. And I don't know when they changed, but I know like my grandmother, she lived with my family and those were the only books she would read were Harlequin romances. And I remember I laugh now because I would go to the library for her and she would give me a list of books and I would check them out. And the librarian was always kind of like snippy with me. And I didn't understand why I was like 12. And I was like, these are for my grandma. And she's like, are you sure they're for your grandma? And now now that I know what they were, I, I understand why she was like, why is a 12-year-old checking these books out? I remember um, my, my great-grandma was in the hospital once. Um, and my grandpa was like bringing her stacks of books or something to read because she was an avid reader. And he just like picked up Fifty Shades of Grey because it was on the like bestseller shelf at the bookstore <laughs> and took it to her and it was like so funny she like sent it back to him like the next week or whatever she's like what did you bring me that's so like, funny very sweet yeah. gesture but <laughs> sort of awkward I remember when 50 shades came out and like it blew up I was I don't know how old I was but I was still working at our nice hometown's local pool and I would work at the front desk to check people in and I swear like every other woman that came in had that book I was like and it kind of still you know romance still had that it still today has some sort of stigma with some people but I think back then like that specific like subgenre too had quite the stigma and I was like surprised that they were like they have like the book out it. like yeah like visible yeah there's definitely books like that where I would like be embarrassed to read it on the bus or something I'd be like oh people are judging me or whatever when it's like oh they probably read it too honestly right it, it makes me glad to have a kindle yes, no one yeah, can see what you're reading see what you're reading um well I don't we've been talking for close to an hour now was there anything else you wanted to discuss about the genre or like bookstagram as a community 
I can't really think of anything other than more people need to read romance. I think it gets a bad rap, like for like smut has a negative connotation or people think they're like sex books or porn books or, you know, whatever else. And I remember Claire Kingsley. So what's nice is a lot of these authors have Facebook groups where they interact with their readers and it's a lot of fun. But Claire Kingsley is an indie author that I've read quite a few of her books. She's got like 30 or something. But someone had posted in her group about how her husband like compared her books to porn. And he was dead serious. And she was like, I don't know how to explain this to him. And Claire had said that she had analyzed like a couple of her books and only 10% of them were like sexual only 10% of the book was sexual in any way whatsoever. The re- the 90% was all story, right? The building of the relationship, their everything that goes into a story. So I think that's important to note too, that there's nothing wrong with the books that have more sex, but contemporary romance, it's not all about like the sexual stuff. Do you think um, having that social media engagement, like, kind of helps with the stigma are there other things that like authors or or the industry is trying to do to kind of remove the stigma I think having the Facebook groups has kind of brought in more readers because you know you have the access to the authors all your friends are on social media so maybe you get them to join I know like I found quite a few authors on social media and I read their books and then I send them to my mom and she'll read them so I think it I think it does help because there's some place for people to go to discuss the books. Whereas before, you know, you might only read what your friends are reading because you want to discuss them and they might not want to read romance or whatever you're reading. So I do think kind of having that community helps. Yeah, and then you're probably seeing like there's more people out there reading it. So by default, you're like, oh, I'm not the only one reading smut, quote unquote. Exactly, exactly. And I know that's helped me too, because I used to be embarrassed to say I read romance because, you know, it does have a stigma. And now I'm like, not right. I'm not embarrassed at all about it. If people ask me what I read, I'm like, I read romance. Like, that's what what I read. What are their reactions on it? Like, do they, like, are they disparaging toward it or do you find that most people just don't care and they're like oh cool yeah yeah I found most people don't care at all I mean if they saw maybe the book covers they might be like oh that's a lot of naked men but yeah usually they're very cool or they have no reaction because and I think that's been good for me because you kind of build it up in your head that people are going to care or like look down upon you for reading what you want to read and that's just not been the case yeah I'm definitely guilty of that too like I don't read as much young adult fiction anymore now that I'm in like my mid late 20s but like definitely in college I was always like a little bit embarrassed to still be checking it out from the library and I'm like you know what most people probably don't care because now I'm like older and see people my age now who are still reading young adult and I'm like you know what it's yeah you like yeah exactly read whatever you want to read I know there's tons of I see tons of posts about young adult fiction on bookstagram and I love to see people reading what they want to read instead of reading, you know, the same like 10 books that are on every like celebrity list and book of the month and whatever. And it's obviously fine to read those too, 
but I always find it refreshing to see posts about books that I haven't heard of. For sure. Yeah. I think now that you mention it, I see that so much with contemporary fiction. It's like the same, like 50 books we're looking forward to in 2021. And it like every single list has at least half the same books on there. I'm like, are you sure right. nobody else is publishing anything this year? Like, yeah, I'm going to read most of these, but also there's probably more stuff coming out too. Yeah. Like Addie LaRue, I think, I mean, I'm still seeing yes. probably like 50 posts a day about that book. I'm glad everyone loves it, but <clears throat> there's so many more books out there. Right. And so yeah, and it gets kind of boring after a while, like if you follow a lot of um, like bookstagram accounts or like um, publishing companies, like I'm sure you probably do, like every, every post is like the same five books and you're like, okay, I'm looking for like more inspiration, not just the same five books that I already read. Yes, exact, exactly. Like, I think that's what's so cool about bookstagram is that, yeah, you do see those posts, but you also get introduced to a ton of books that you would not have heard of because they're not on those lists and they're not a book of the month book and like they might not be in the most popular genre like they're not in historical fiction or contemporary fiction they're you know romances young adult yeah well are there any like upcoming releases that you're particularly excited about or like um goals that you have for yourself reading wise this year yeah so I'm super excited for Piper Rain. They are a duo who writes under the, so it's Piper and Rain. They write under the name Piper Rain. They have a new series starting in February. So it's the Green Family series. The first book is My Beautiful Neighbor. I'm super excited for that. I love their books. They recently wrapped up their Bailey Family book series, which was, I think, nine full length books and then maybe four novellas. So I was super sad for that to end, but I'm super excited for this new series. And then there's a ton of new releases I'm excited about. Maria Lewis's um, final book in her Broken Crown trilogy, I am so excited for. The first two books were in my top 12 of 2020. So I'm very excited for the third book that's coming this spring. And then some of my goals, I... I don't really have a number of book goal, really. I, I'm not going to aim for 500 books. I was kind of crunching it in that last week. But I want to read more new-to-me authors. I want to kind of branch out, maybe read some different genres. But if I don't, whatever. I like romance, so that's fine. The biggest thing is new-to-me authors. And then I want to complete that Year of Smut challenge. Nice. And there's like... 40 squares on that right yeah you have no problem uh, completing that I don't think yeah I shouldn't have a problem but it's kind of like I've read so many books already this year and I'm like dang it this doesn't fit any of the squares or I already filled that square dang it so yeah we're only like two weeks into the year do you know how many books you've read ish (laughs) yeah I've read 26 already which is like I'm like how did I do this 26 in 16 days yes but you know the first fell on a weekend so I read quite a few books there I another goal of mine is to sign up for less arcs that is my goal I have failed so far I think I have eight this week oh my gosh do you like successfully read every arc you get 
I do. I'm worse with the net galley arcs, but I do read every every book I sign up for with the PR companies. I do read every single one of those and wow. review. So I, I think I have yeah, eight new releases that come out the, this week, the week of the 18th. And are you like supposed to read them by the time they come out? Like, is that your deadline-ish? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You sign up to um, have a review up on Goodreads or BookBub or Amazon or wherever you review by the day, by release day. Gotcha. Yeah, that would be a, a lot of pressure then. So good luck on um, signing up for fewer arcs then. <laughs> yes. And, and like, also reading more new to you authors. Yes, I, I have read a couple already this year. So that's been going well. But like, yeah, I need to sign up for less arcs. I mean, it's but so everything hard sounds interesting right? like, to how me. I sign up for fewer free books. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I have certain authors that I sign up for whatever they write. And then they just happen to be all coming out on the same day. Oh, that's cool that you can like choose specific authors too. So you pretty much know you're going to like it. Exactly. Yeah. There's quite a few authors that I've read multiple other books. So I know that they, they're going to be good. They're up my alley. I'll like the writing style. So that's cool. So you don't just get like a random one that might be totally like, you know, it's not sports romance. It's like historical romance. And you're like, yeah, this is really my jam. Yeah, so I did read a sports romance this year that I I did not like at all. So that's always hard. And it was a new to me author. So I might give them another chance. I try to do that. I try not to, if I don't like the book, I try to read at least one more before I'm like, like, I won't sign up again. I love and then they'll come out with a new book. And I'm like, Oh, that didn't really like meet my expectations based on their other ones. Right, exactly. Well, if people want to follow along with your reading uh, adventures, what is your Instagram handle? It's read with Rach, but periods between the words. So read dot with dot Rach. Awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to plug before we uh, sign off here? Nope. Just if you're interested in romance novels, give me a follow. My DMs are always open. If you have questions or you want recommendations, I'm your girl. If there's anything I can tell you, is that the best place to hide is in your mind.